Podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. I'm Tammy. And I'm Will. <laughs> and yay, we remembered the order. Woo. I almost forgot to introduce myself. <laughs> we do this so often and we always forget. <laughs> Uh, and we have a very special guest joining us for this return for Luke Cage Season 2. We are popping his podcast cherry. Um, it is Rowan. Oh. Hola. Hello. We will be gentle with you on your first podcast, Rowan. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, Rowan, you work with me. I do. And you have seen all of Luke Cage as of today. That is correct. As in Season 2. Yes. Yeah, that's insane, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I have to watch it all in one day. <laughs> well, you know, you just get carried away. It's, it was fun. And you watched all of season one as well, didn't you, to remind you of it? Yeah. Did you watch all of it? Watched, yeah, I watched that last week. Nice. So I'm going to be, Fresh. like, picking your brain for info about season one. All right, I'll try to help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, guys. We're back for Luke Cage season two. Are you guys excited? I'm yes. so excited. Yes. <laughs> Yay! I I think I was almost more excited about. I was excited for the character, but I was more excited about the music. Um, yes. Because there's always good music in Luke Cage, and like this this episode doesn't disappoint. It's so yeah. good, and there's so much awesome music to come up as well. Yep. So. Uh, what I'm going to do first is do a bit of news, and there's quite a lot. So I hope you guys are ready to have your minds blown with news. Okay. <laughs> okay. <I'm pretty> <laughs> <good>. <laughs> so, Tammy, Tammy, hold my hand. Oh, Something that you really, really want to happen might be happening, oh. which is Iron Fist might get a suit in season two. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's my hopes and dreams, really. <laughs> I know you're excited. <laughs> uh, apparently, that's according to Jeff Loeb. He has confirmed that Iron Fist will have his suit in season two. Obviously, that might mean, though, last episode. It might be like Daredevil in season one. Uh, um, we don't know. Um, in other exciting news, Black Widow movie is going ahead and now has a short list of directors, all of whom are female. So that's really uh, exciting. Uh, shortlist is Amara Santi, Kate Shortland, and Maggie Betts. And I think the only one whose work I've seen is Amara Santi, who directed Bell, uh, which was really good. So yeah, that's really cool. Really excited about that. Uh, this new this news, by the way, is all from MCU Exchange, Den of Geek, and Comic Book Movies. Uh, so there apparently um, it's definite that there are no plans for Defenders Two. So don't be upset, guys. Uh-huh. You know. But hopefully if we get the characters popping in and out of each other's shows, then yeah, yeah we won't really need a Defenders 2. Um, this is some news that Rowan is very well aware of. Um, the In the UK, the company Vans have made some awesome Marvel-inspired Vans trainers. And there is a Captain Marvel set that is the most beautiful set of trainers I've ever seen. Oh. Um, and I'm spending most of my days on my lunch break just gazing through the window <laughs> at the, the last... How many times do I mention those a day, Rowan? It's got to be quite a few. They're pretty sick, though. Yeah, they're pretty amazing. They also have a Black Panther um, set as well, which are really nice. I've not seen them. Uh, so if any, any listeners want to send those to me, then, yeah, thanks. That would be great. Uh, in other exciting news, Jessica Jones Season 3 starts production this week. Oh, wow. And apparently, as a little spoiler, um, the production team is on the lookout for female wrestlers for a main role. Oh, okay. 
So I don't know who that could be playing, but okay. Uh, it's been confirmed that um, uh, Iron Fist 2, season 2, is going to premiere before Daredevil season 3. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of surprising. Yes. Everyone thought wow. it would be the other way around. So this year, I guess. But that, yeah. I guess that makes sense. I, yeah, I was going to say, from a story standpoint, it makes more sense to me, though. Right? Yeah, because you have Iron Fist at the end yeah. of Defenders kind of taking over from Daredevil. Yeah. So, I yeah. I guess maybe he's going to appear at the end of Iron Fist season two and be like, Danny, you don't have to be me anymore. I'm back. And the audience will be like, what? He's going to be like, Danny, please stop being a terrible version of me. I'm terrible. <laughs> and then he's going to look at the audience and go, catch me in dead of season three. <laughs> this, this, this fool, wink. <laughs> um, so they reckon that Iron Fist will probably be out around September ish maybe and daredevil season three might be december is the this year rumor this birthday mm-hmm. present for me which would be <laughs> i know right it'll be four four series this year wow, which is insane crazy. which makes me glad we're covering two episodes a week as well <laughs> um other Daredevil 3 news, the Daredevil 3 production logo seems to confirm that Bullseye is going to be a character, which I'm really excited about. And um, the rumour seems to be that Bullseye will be played by an actor called Wilson Bethel, who has been cast as a different character, like a different character description. But people seem to think he's going to be playing Bullseye. So that's exciting. I like the name Wilson. And then Wilson, Wilson Fisk. <laughs> Uh, and in the last bit of news, and obviously there's just so much news because it's been a while since we've recorded, uh, Marvel did a video, which I will put on Facebook, hopefully. Oh, sorry, another bit of news before that. Um, the title of Spider-Man 2 has been released um, in a quite funny video from Tom Holland where he's waving the script around, saying he has no updates on the, the movie. But obviously on the script it says the name of the movie, so that's the update. And it's going to be called Spider-Man Far From Home, which is okay. Mm. Not the most exciting title, but, you know, we'll see. And the last bit of news. (laughs) I hope not. I don't like Spider-Man in space. I like Spider-Man getting drunk in bars with Daredevil. (laughs) Uh, He should be on the streets. He's not even old enough to drink Uh, Oh, I know, but he needs to be old enough and then him and Daredevil can go out drinking and <laughs> take Deadpool along and then you've got Team Red and it will be amazing. The best thing ever. Uh, so, uh, Marvel made a video of, um, did a destruction by numbers video for Luke Cage season one and they went through everything that Luke Cage destroys in season one oh, of Luke Cage. Hilarious. Are you ready? <laughs> Are you ready? Okay, I'm going to go down from the most to the least. Okay, so he destroyed a total of 18 windows. <laughs> By uh, 15 doors, sorry, not five, 15 doors, nine guns, four buildings, three vans, oh, sorry, five hoodies, I should have said first, three vans, and lastly, one can of shaving cream. <laughs> nice. So we'll have to see how it compares yeah. to season two. I thought he would have destroyed more. <laughs> it felt like. I would have thought he would have destroyed more as well, but no, that's apparently it. They went through the entire season. So. I want to know how many people's skulls he destroyed by doing that thing where he, like, taps them on the head and knocks them out. Yeah. I like that one. I like that move. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> uh, so, this week, we were only covering the one episode, which is the first episode of uh, Season 2, and it is called Soul Brother Number 1, 
uh, I think I have an Easter egg saying which band these ones are named after. Oh, yeah, so all the episodes this season were named after songs from the duo Pete Rock and CL Smooth, who I don't know very well. So, Tammy, I'm hoping you have some fun facts. Yeah. So, uh, no, no pressure. Yeah. No, I I went and studied and found all the fun facts. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> this is time for your new section, Tammy, Tam Jams. I hand over to you. Um, so, yeah. So, <laughs> all of the um, titles, like Claire said, are Pete Rock and CL Smooth, which, if you were into 90s rap hip hop at all, then they should sound pretty familiar to you. Um, one of their more famous songs was um, called Troy, or They Reminisce Over You. I know that song for sure. And then I looked up. I might know it if I listen yeah, to it. probably. And so, like, I looked at the um, Luke Cage titles real quick, and I was like, oh, okay, it's on there, it's on there. <laughs> Just because I'm like, that's the song for sure. Like, once I heard the names, I was like, okay, that's, I know that song. That's the finale, I think. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But they had, yeah, like I said, they were together really starting very early 90s, like 91 um, is when they started getting together and um, been been together on and off ever since. But not really, as far as I know, I don't think they're doing anything currently. Um, and yeah, so it's an interesting choice. So I read um, an interview with the showrunner and he was saying, he was talking about the music and saying like... Mm just like the first season and obviously I still pick lyrics or whatever, but uh, the songs themselves don't have anything to do with the episodes. So he just picked them. (laughs) He just picked them for the titles. And he said, but if you go back and you listen to all the songs, you'll get a good history of hip hop. So (laughs) there you go. And there's, um, and Clara, maybe I'll post it on our, the Facebook group, but there's a really good article where he talks about like, uh, just picking the music in general, and then he's got music videos for all of the the shows, the title episode songs. Oh, nice! So yeah, yeah so it'd be should, kind of fun. Like yeah, you do cool. want to get into Pete Rock and Seal Smooth a little late in the game, but you can go ahead and do that. <laughs> uh, so for Soul Brother Number One, I have uh, the following lyrics: White people even say Pete Rock is bitchin'. Which just made me think of the uh, part in the episode where that guy is like, uh, Luke Cage, he says, uh, oh, yeah. harder than hardest, odder than oddest. <laughs> I guess that's just because I'm smarter than the smartest. So back up, clear the path, hun, because here I come. And then also at the very, very end of the song, there's this lady, and her only lyric in the whole song is, he's a sweet soul brother. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> So that's pretty great. Um, I wish someone had said that about Luke when yeah, he's walking down yeah, the street it, in this episode. And if you look at the lyrics, they even like capitalize "sweet." It's really funny, but it's the way she says nice. it, it. It definitely deserves capitalization. Um, there's <laughs> some of the other music in this episode. Uh, Mob Deep is in this episode, which is interesting. He, it's when Luke uh, is wearing the headphones. That first one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the Shook yeah. Ones Part Two is what he's listening to. Mob Deep is also super old school, and it was um, these two guys, Havoc and Prodigy, and they started up in 1993. And I want to say, like, oh. that Shook shook Up, or the Shook One Part 2, I want to say, like, came out, like, 95 or 96. It's a very old song. Um, Prodigy died in 2017, so obviously there's no more coming from Mob Deep. Are they, are they kind of like East Coast hip-hop as well? Because obviously that would fit in with um, the location. So, yeah, I believe so. 
Because uh, I don't, I, I get the feeling like we're more likely to hear, like, you know, we've obviously heard like Wu-Tang, we're more likely to hear that than we yeah, are to hear like NWA you know, or something coming out of LA, you know. Mob Deep, those guys, I think, were basically like found by like Q-Tip or something. So, okay. Um, the other music stuff in this episode, Donald Harris, um, Donald Harrison is the jazz guy in the one club that mm-hmm. Shades and Mariah are hanging out at. So he's um, and he's just a jazz musician from New Orleans. So that I thought that was kind of cool. Um, and the reggae, which Claire spoiled uh, a little bit for Will and I, just saying that she <laughs> hopes we enjoy reggae. Reggae so, spoilers. Reggae I think spoilers. I think I just mentioned to you. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoy yeah. reggae for this season. Yeah. And one of the things I actually read for this season, um, and I can kind of tell you now because we've had the first appearance of uh, Bushmaster, who has this very strong Jamaican accent and background, is that um, Chihadari Coker, the showrunner, talked about how in season one the music, like the score. Uh, sorry, not Chihadari Coker. Um, I think it was him and the um, uh, the guys who do the score as well, um, Adrian Young and uh, the guy whose name's gone out of my head. Um, but they talked about how this first season had more of like a hip hop um, feel to the the, the soundtrack. Yeah. But um, this season, because of the tie with Jamaica, is more looking at the um, beginnings of of black music um, and the beginnings of hip hop. So there's a lot more jazz and blues and reggae. Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, I love that they're experimenting and stuff like that. And I I have heard this song before. So this is a song by Gregory Isaacs, the one in this mm-hmm. episode called Night Nurse. Um, and the one lyric that I liked from Night Nurse was "Only you alone can quench this here thirst." <laughs> and yeah, you know, it was like. Quite a sexy scene with uh, Claire and Luke. Um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and the main artist at Harlem Paradise was her name is Joy, and she, I love her. Yeah, her feather oh. thing, like necklace thing that she just took off at some point. I was like, what? Yes, that's not even part of your costume. That's just like a necklace. Like, what is just that? <laughs> that was amazing. Um, she has performed. Uh, she's from Atlanta, so she's like performed with Outkast and different people like that. Um, and she's been around since 94. But she's, cool. she's like, collaborated with all these different people. Robbie Williams, Curtis Mayfield, Queen Latifah. So, definitely. I, I love her. I need to check out her stuff because I love yeah, her. Yeah, and this other picture I found of her, she's wearing this, like, amazing headpiece. So, she's just, like, all about accessories. And I love it. Mm. I, like, I and she's so beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah. so, there you go. There's your awesome. Thank you, Tammy, for the tan jams this week. Mm, yum, yum, yum. <laughs> <laughs> so for episode one, Soul Brother number one, this was written by showrunner Chihadari Koka and directed by, did you guys see? I saw. Yeah. <laughs> Lucy Liu. So awesome. Yeah. When I was, uh, what was it? I was telling you um, at work, Rowan, about who Lucy Liu is. I, of course, described her as Lucy Liu, my girl, Drew, yeah. Cameron D, <laughs> yes, and <indeed>. Destiny. <laughs> Charlie. Well, yeah, exactly. I'm watching her now. Like she's on Elementary as mm-hmm. um, Watson, and she is. Uh, her outfits like have always been on point. They're like in season like five now or something, five or six. But n- this season, they just have her in suits and like like almost men's shaped suits. She looks mm-hmm. 
so incredible. Like, every episode, I'm like, what suit is she wearing? What is her tie going to be? Like, everything <laughs> is great. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I um, apparently she's done quite a bit of, like, directing work on episodes mm-hmm. of shows she's been in. Um, and this is, I think, on the first show she's not been in. But I thought she directed really well. I mean, it seemed very confident, you know. So it's like, you know, sweet. Hopefully she'll direct some more stuff because I think she's really good. So the synopsis of this episode is, as Luke adjusts to his growing fame and tries to shut down the flow of heroin branded with his name, which rhymes, someone from his past reaches out. So let's let's talk about our our man who we've looked forward to seeing, Luke first. So (gasps) we first see him in this scene with the mob deep heart and you're like, swoon. We get Luke butt in this episode as well, Tammy, which I thought you guys would like. Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's a beautiful, beautiful man. Uh, so what do you guys think of this scene where he puts in his headphones? Um, he's, you know, he's got the hoodie on, so that's very Luke Cage, we see. And he uh, goes into this warehouse where they're selling this heroin with his name on. First of all, these women are all in their underwear. Why are they in their underwear? Like, why? That's creepy. I don't like it. Isn't that what they do in these yeah. kind of places to make it harder to steal, I think? To like. I guess. That's what I thought, too. <laughs> it must have been listed on TV it. somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Must be in, like, an episode of CSI or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, and I like the way they film Luke in this scene. Like, he is the boogeyman, you know. You don't really see him. He's just in the shadows. I thought that was quite cool. I just want to tell Luke not to get cocky. Because, you know, what if somebody finds another, you know, weakness or whatever, a way to get yeah. their skin? He's pretty cocky in this, uh, you know, like, this is, he's pretty cocky now. He's let fame get to his head a bit, I think. I mean, he has his own app, so I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I might have checked to see if that app was real on Friday, and it wasn't. But um, maybe someone will set it up. We can follow Mike Coulter at all times. (laughs) Yes. Um, And Luke frightens the boy away who's selling the heroin outside as well. Yeah. Did you like uh, Luke's sweatshirt, Tammy? You're all about the fashions. Yeah. Um, we find out later it was kind of not his idea to wear that sweatshirt, but yeah. <laughs> it was more like Bobby like, Bobby Fish, I think, told him to represent with that sweatshirt. <laughs> it was like whatever sweatshirt he wears, it's going to get destroyed, isn't it? You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't really know I how just, sponsorship would work. Exactly, that's the thing. Like, I just like that Bobby's like, okay, well, you have to represent in specific ways. Here's your branding. Like, he's working on mm. his branding with them, I guess. So. <laughs> I guess they're taking oh, a photo yeah. all the time. Put on yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Poor Luke. So in the next scene, we meet James. Did you guys guess who this guy was? First of all, I did not. When he's like uh, practicing his sermon about Luke, I didn't either because I didn't immediately think, oh yeah, like Luke's dad is a preacher. I thought maybe this guy was going to be sort of a minor antagonist and stir up some kind of distrust in the public in Luke. Yeah. Sort of because he's kind of talking about him like he's, you know, the golden calf. Like people shouldn't be worshipping, they're worshipping Luke like they should be worshipping God, you know. but I didn't I didn't put it together at all. Yeah, I and I I guess I just totally forgot that his dad was actually still alive. 
I know. I think we kept saying that in season one. Yeah. We were like, is it is his dad? And I think we might have even said it in Defenders because like, everyone else, like their parents mm-hmm. are dead, you know. And it's like, oh, yeah, Luke has yeah, a and, dad. And we, we knew <laughs> oh, yeah. his mom had died, but yeah, I guess I just couldn't remember that his dad was not dead. Yeah, and the way they play in season one is like his dad should be dead almost. I find it interesting as well. I think I mentioned this to Rebecca um, on Facebook when we were chatting about this season. It seems to be a theme of the return of these shows for, I guess, uh, post uh, post defenders, you could say. So phase two of the shows. In Jessica Jones, you had part of the story was Jessica reconnecting with her estranged mum. Yeah. In Luke Cage, you've got Luke maybe connecting with his her strange father. And then we know that in Daredevil season three, one of the characters is going to be um, Matt's estranged mother. So it's kind of like is this is the the phase of connecting with parents, I guess. Well, I'm hoping Iron Fist parents stay dead and we never have to watch the scene of that helicopter or the the airplane um the plane explosion again ever ever but tammy we could we could watch that so many more times i'm sure there's so much more information we could get from it no I'm sure we'll hear the story <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so many times so i love this uh, shot of luke walking down the street and all the ladies mm-hmm. are admiring him and all the thugs are running away <laughs> I just wanted the camera to pan across and it would just show like, like us just looking at Luke as well and being like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this where they have Bobby's Thumbs up, like Luke. voiceover as well? <laughs> I think this is the voiceover of James still. Cause we also, um, very uh, quickly okay. see, uh, we see like little flashes of season one. Um, but then we go into back to pops and Bobby and DW are talking. D-dub. Um, and DW is the kid who in season one was selling the DVDs of the incident. Yeah. 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 And now he's started selling T-shirts <laughs> of Luke. He's sick. <laughs> Got a little business empire. It makes complete sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. Because, of course, you would try and, you know, capitalize on it. And like um, Bobby says, the landlord's about to double the rent. So they're going to have to get money from somewhere. And both, both of them think that Luke should start charging for his services. Yeah. So, which you kind of agree with, but you can't charge for your services if you're running around as a vigilante. Well, okay. <laughs> Will's like, that's what I no. do. <laughs> no. That's how I make my money. And this I probably also- would, but if they're about to double the rent, I would, I'd think about it. I could just get yeah. their rent is too damn high, guy. Is he in the dark? <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to say, Tammy? I was going to say, and this is where we learn about the app as well. Yeah, Harlem's Hero app. Mm-hmm. So imagine an app, Tammy, where you could track down <laughs> Mike Coulter whenever you wanted. <laughs> it's called Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure someone will invent this app. Um, yeah, scarily. Uh, also, Bobby is not a fan of food pics on Instagram. I agree. Yeah, or dick pics. Oh. <laughs> or dick pics, yeah. Or twitty tweet tweets or whatever it was he said. I love Bobby. I really missed like so many of the little minor characters in this show, like Bobby and um, like Mariah. I know she's not a minor character, but I missed Mariah. You sort of see them again and you're like, oh, I miss these guys. And this is when the tourist comes in to take photos of pops and they just throw him out and i won't say what he says because it might be someone's quote because it made me laugh 
Uh, we get the return of the swear jar, which was cool. And Luke is looking at his map because he's trying to stop all the shipments of heroin. And then we find out Luke isn't cheating on Claire, even despite the fact that he's being offered free coffee all the time. Oh, yeah. Will, you've got to stop offering Luke free coffee, okay? You know, <laughs> it's time to buy a stocking coffee, guys, because I've been sending him coffee, like, every day. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, oh, that means they're still together. <laughs> you know how I feel about Luke and Claire? Ugh. The cracks are showing. Uh, so... Oh, I know. So excited. Uh, obviously, Luke's true love, we find out in the next scene, which is when Misty visits him, um, because we find out that Luke has painted his office green and yellow, which I just want to point out are the colours of Iron Fist, <laughs> a.k.a. Danny Rand, a.k.a. Luke's one true love. <laughs> OTP. I, yeah, I like to think he was subconsciously thinking of Danny when he picked out these colours. And, like, Danny's going to show up at some point and be like, hey, hey, it's my colours. And Luke's going to be like, what? Oh, oh, crap. <laughs> it's because I love you. <laughs> that won't happen until episode six, though, guys. So, you know. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Luke wants Misty to work with him as a partner, but nah, she's not going to. Um, so he goes out on a date with Claire instead. Uh <laughs> What, what do you think about their relationship, guys? Talk to me. Uh, <laughs> what about, well, Luke, and, about Luke, Luke and Claire's relationship? Well, obviously, I've tried to forget about it already. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I mean, they're pretty sexy together in that, that scene where, you know, the night nurse scene. But um, oh, I just find her, like, she just nags him a lot. Yeah. You know? and, yeah, because I think they're trying to write her as, like just like the sassy girlfriend and you know she's a strong woman but instead yeah you're right it just comes off like really irritating and like she's nagging him every five minutes like yeah all right. and it obviously that's all we're seeing because we're seeing just these little windows of their relationship but i oh, i just i don't know i just i want him and jessica together you know yeah yeah and have have little cute babies and name them after danny rand um but this is where claire's also saying that you know he needs to brand his name to get money. And we find out that they're uh, living in Soledad's apartment, in Claire's Claire's mum's apartment. Yeah. I love the little selfie they give when those guys come over. Yeah, it's so cute. And Luke's just like, cheese. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of cute. Um, so after Night Nurse scene, where they dance together, and we see Luke's, bu- Luke's bum, which I'm sure you guys were happy about. I always like, that's how you know it's a female director. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy Lou's like, no, we really need this show. Yeah, I'm not. sorry, Mike. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Lucy Lou. Integral to the plot. <laughs> yeah, it moves the story forward, really. <laughs> uh, so the sirens wail well and Luke gets up to investigate, um, which really reminded me of like, there's a lot, a lot of little things in this that remind me of like the Daredevil movie, like. You know, when he gets up in the middle of the night and he's like, sorry, sorry, Electra, I have to go and fight crime. <laughs> I hear sirens or whatever it is. But, you know, everything reminds me of the Daredevil movie. So, yeah. Uh, in the next scene, Luke goes to meet Sugar. Yay. Who I love. We loved him in season one. I love him here as well. Yeah, yeah. He's amazing. He's had a baby girl and lost 30 pounds. Good for him. Yeah, good for you, Sugar. Uh 
And this is where we find out the sort of start of this quite complicated storyline all about the contract and who's buying it and who the bidders are and who they're related to who. Yeah. Like, did you guys have as much trouble as I did understanding this? They're going off the plastics company, isn't it? Yeah, it's... Well, he says that... So Sugar tells Luke that Mariah and Shades are going legit and they're selling the hammer contract, which is hammer weapons, to the highest bidder. And so Luke asks Sugar to call him if there's any other info. Um, and then we find out about the sort of plastics thing later because it links in with the when she has everyone in Harlem's Paradise later later that night. Uh, I love that Luke um, scratches the car because he knows Sugar's lying about something. <laughs> It made me laugh, but I was kind of like, what a dick. I know. Like, <laughs> I know. I agree with what Sugar said, which might be somebody's quote. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I agree as well. I was like, Luke, that's not fair. Luke, Sugar's got a baby girl. Yeah. And he's lost 30 pounds. <laughs> uh, but I did like how he said his line, which I agree is definitely quotable. And then, like, walks away really fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And next scene with Luke, when he walks away, we get some drums with his dad. Yeah. Like, his dad wants to reconnect with him, but his dad's a bit of, a bit, like, be a bit calmer, Daddy, Daddy Cage. Does he or does he not? It's really bizarre. Yeah. It's, like, there was um, apparently a few people watching this episode and a few others, and they were, like, uh, viewers were saying... They didn't trust the dad because his motivations seemed weird. Yeah. Because it did almost to me seem like shot by shot. They so it sounded it, it seemed to me like they filmed the scene one way and that the dad really wasn't bothered about reconnecting with Luke, and then they filmed the scene another way in which he really did care and wanted to connect with him, and then they they mixed up the takes and <laughs> put them in the scene. Do you know what I mean? Because. Sometimes I was like, does he does he want to or does he not want to, you know? Yeah, because if he does, he's going about it the strangest way humanly possible. <laughs> yeah. I found it really hard to, like, work out what his, not his motivation, but what he wanted. Yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of hard. We find out that he didn't even visit Luke in Seagate after his mum died yeah. and sent back 50 letters to Luke. That's harsh. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, like Luke was in prison, but he was framed. Um, you know, Luke really hasn't done anything wrong yeah. that we know of. And that actor who has been in like all the things um, actually passed yeah. earlier this year. Um, yeah, and I, I'll uh, mention it as well. After the when the final episode of this season finishes, this uh, season is dedicated to that. Oh. Actor. Yeah, to Ron Garvey. I Reggie, think it is. Kathy, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Who's Ron Garvey? Have I made that person? <laughs> <up? laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, whoever you are, Ron Garvey. I feel like that is replacement. So next season in Luke Cage, when his dad is back, it's going to be Ron, Ron Garvey. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know who Ron Garvey is now. <laughs> I'm like, who is that? Um, and Luke says he won't do a fresh start until he brings his mum back from the dead. And I was a bit like, well, Luke, I mean, <laughs> it's not really possible. I mean, I know he's a, I know he's a reverend and like Jesus came back, but you know, I, I just I don't know. Uh, Ronald Garvey, who is Ron Garvey? 
Oh, he's a British colonial administrator who served in the Pacific, the West Indies, and as Lieutenant Governor of the Isle of Man. Of course. Sure. Yeah, so uh, I'm thinking that dead guy's not going to take the place of the other dead <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that name's in my head. Uh, and then at this point as well, we Luke mentions Willis. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously Diamondback from last season. And I will say, there is a lot of, like, mentions of stuff that happened in season one in this season. I don't know if you thought that as well, Rowan. Yeah. Like, much more than Jessica Jones tying in with um, with Jessica Jones season one. I was kind of surprised. Like, little... You have to you had to really think about, oh, yeah, that happened in season one. Yeah, there's a lot, um, a lot of, like, kind of links. Like, it definitely feels like it's continuing on from everything in this series. Yeah. Yeah, I really, really liked it. Oh, there goes a truck. Um, Sorry. <laughs> that's why I took I like to think that you're surfing a truck while you're <laughs> Or just sitting by a road. Like Teen Wolf. <laughs> yeah. Um, so next time we see Luke is when DW pops into uh, Pops in his suit and we find out his friend's 15-year-old daughter OD'd on the Luke Cage heroine. And again, I don't know if I'm just a bit dumb <laughs> because... I could not put to put like work out how they put this together. So DW, so so Luke says the only name he's got is El Tercero, which means three the or third, third. Yeah. yeah, the third. DW out of nowhere mentions Washington Heights. <laughs> like I, I was like, why does he? He's like, oh, what about Washington Heights? And I was like, why did he mention Washington? Is Heights? it known for like and then, drugs or something? I don't know. I don't know. I was very confused by this. And then DW mentions Arturo Gomez, who is Dominican, um, and his crew came from Washington Heights, but then they got taken over by the Jamaican Yardies. I love the Jamaican Yardies. And then Bobby... Oh, I love them as well. Uh, And then Bobby is like, hey, Arturo, uh, I recognise him from the ads on TV. So they look him up and then find out he's the third and go, oh, the third... And that's it. And I, I was like, I don't get, I don't get how they worked it out. Something with Merlin as well. They're like Merlin. Yeah, I don't know. Did you guys work this out, or did you just kind of go, yeah, sure? Yeah, I don't think I was really paying that much attention to it. So it's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> it went really fast, so I was just like, okay. I mean, once yeah, he found so that, quick. once they had the guy that was like, oh, he's you know the third Arturo, whatever the third. And he was connected from, like, way back when, like, his dad was connected. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, and that's why he's called El Tercero, because he's the third. Okay, I get that. Okay. <laughs> I, I did like the newspaper that they looked in. Did you guys see the headline? Mm-mm. I had to pause it. Uh, this is why I do these things, because I love these weird little details. Um, although nothing will beat the sign in Daredevil Season 1 that said... What was it? Puppies for oh, sale. Yeah. They are ugly, but they are cheap. Yeah. <laughs> that was my favourite. Uh, this headline says, protest turns brofest. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what that's about. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, so next time we see Luke, he's entering Harlem's Paradise. I love that the, there's like a path that clears for him on the floor because his reputation precedes him, you know. That's great. And uh, he knocks out Comanche and walks past him and goes straight up to um, 
Mariah, who's very, uh, uh, admires his body a lot. And this is when Mariah threatens Claire and says she knows all about Claire and Luke sees Claire in the club, so immediately leaves with her. And we'll get more to that scene later, obviously, with yeah. Mariah. Um, and when they're walking home, Claire says she found him on the Harlem's Hero app and she took photos, right, photos while everyone was distracted by Luke. But Luke says taking risks is not her job, it's his, and he can't lose her because he loves her. And I was like, blah, blah, no. <laughs> Claire can hook up with Oscar the painter. You need to be with Jessica, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I, 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 I don't like Claire being a badass. I think I've ranted about this quite a lot on Saturday to you, didn't I, Rowan? Yeah, I think we agree as well. She's like, I know, she doesn't have to be everything. Yeah, she doesn't have to be like, I don't know. She doesn't have to be a... Oh, yeah, just, just no, no, Claire, no. I mean, and if she's going to go out, then where are her Wolverine claws? <laughs> yes, I wonder if she still has them. Cat's paws. Her little Wolverine claws. Yeah. She needs to give those to Trish for when she becomes Hellcat. So uh, the next morning, Luke gets a call from Sugar, uh, which I know is Rowan's favourite quote from the entire episode. Um, so we'll save that for later. That Luke says to Sugar, and this is when he finds out about a shipment uh, near the river from Arturo's men. But we find out that Sugar is setting Luke up to take the bait. Sugar, we thought we could trust you. That is not sweet, Sugar. Yeah, <laughs> it's not sweet at all. Maybe he's just getting revenge for scratching for Luke scratching his car. Yeah, it's pretty. So when Luke arrives, oh god. No, no, don't worry. When Luke arrives at the Merlin truck, gets in the truck, and Arturo immediately blows it up into a a billion pieces. But you can't blow up Luke, so he just emerges on fire, a bit annoyed. That was great. Covered in CGI fire. It was was great. It is the better use of CGI fire in this season, that's all I'll say. It seems like there's a lot of CGI in this episode. Yeah, I mean, um, with... With the fire, and then you've got Misty's yeah. arm and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, look out for bad CGI fire in the future, guys. <laughs> I, won't, I won't spoil anything. Um, Arturo shoots Luke with a Judas bullet. And again, I, I don't know if I was just really confused by this episode. I don't understand what happens, because it looks like it hits Luke, goes inside him, and explodes, but doesn't hurt him. Yeah. Yeah. But then how does he have the bullet afterwards? Unless his body rejects it and just pushes it out. <laughs> does it spit it out like a mouth? Oh, like his or belly? Like pushes it out? Somewhere else and we don't want to know. <laughs> oh, it like goes into his belly and comes out his butt? <laughs> hey, I said, I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was confusing. It looked like it might have hurt at the beginning and I thought... To me, I thought he was, like, pretending to be injured as, like, a joke, but then it blew up, so I was like, oh, wait, what just happened there? When it blows up, it's like, because he reacts as though he's been hit, and then it, when it blows up, it looks like it blows up inside yeah. him, and then he just carries on walking, so I was like, well, did it explode inside him, but he, like, as though, like, say he was holding something in his hand that would explode, you know, his fist would just hold the explosion, is it like that? But his belly held the explosion. No, and now he's got a bullet in his belly. And it looked like he was surprised, but later on he said that it bounced right off of him. Yeah. Which doesn't look like yeah, it happened. No, 
unless it like went in him and then bounced right out his butt, like Tammy's saying. <laughs> Works way. I'm calling you out for inventing that, Tammy. Works his way through his system like any other piece of iron. <laughs> Just. Ooh. It had to wait for that to happen before oh, no. you see right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't drink a lot of coffee, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'd be like the worst kidney stone ever. Oh. It's like a giant bullet. Oh, oh my God. Anyway, we always end up talking about Luke's innards on this show. We did this last time as well. So DW is filming Luke uh, knocking Arturo out. And this is when Luke calls out all the people to test him. He's like, yeah, come on. So good. Woo. I love it. Come get me. Yeah, Arrigan. He's, yeah, like, Luke, don't don't be going. It's like, did you not see Iron Man 3 where Tony Stark's like, hey, this is my address. Come and test me, everyone. And then so someone went, okay, I'll blow up your house. <laughs> you idiot. That's kind of what you get. Like, Luke, this is not a good idea. Yeah, exactly. Not a good idea. So... Luke um, visits uh, the precinct and arrives with unconscious Arturo and um, the bullet and the Judas bullet and the gun uh, and a bag. I don't know what's in the bag. Um, and that means that, that Arturo will get aut- uh, automatic time arrested because it's illegal to carry those. Um, and Ridenauer, who is um, the new captain, is angry at Luke as well and says again to Luke, he needs to work legally with the police. Kind of echoing what Claire's been saying along. Um, at the same time. And then in the last... Oh, God. At the same time, Claire's saying, like, you got to get start getting paid for it as well. So it's like, she wanted to... Yeah, exactly. I want Luke to have, like, loads of logos all over him. Yeah. Like, of everyone he's branded with. <laughs> like Nike and everything. Uh, and in the last scene, Luke arrives at Mariah's office with the Judas Bullet tells her that it bounced off of him and he will kill her if she ever says Claire's name again. Nothing can stop him from getting to her. I just don't understand what changed in the Judas bullet or in Luke that this doesn't hit, like, hurt him at all. Because like, he's the power of love, Tammy. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. It's like, because in the first season, it injures him <laughs> like the Judas mm-hmm. bullet injures him so I know this is an inferior Judas bullet yeah I don't know it's not filled with anything dangerous it's just <laughs> like uh, filled with jelly or something <laughs> yeah it's not even as good as a real bullet <laughs> <laughs> it's a jelly bullet <laughs> <laughs> he opens his mouth and just shoot it in he's like mmm yum <laughs> I I uh, will say maybe they will explain that okay. next episode, Tammy, or maybe they won't. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> or no spoilers. <laughs> or spoilers. <laughs> so what do you what do you guys think of Luke in this episode? Like any other notes? Because I I like the fact, and I think it's I think I was discussing this with you, Rowan, as well. I think we we said before as well in Defenders that. Luke, out of the four defenders, is the character who seems to have the least character flaws. He's a little too perfect, particularly in Luke Cage season one. And I like they're going, they they seem to be going down this path with him being slightly arrogant. And he's kind of reveling in this fame because that gives him a flaw. And I feel like before 
this character was slightly flawless, and that doesn't make an interesting character to me. Yeah, he's also talking about breaking the law <laughs> as well. To go yeah. After Mariah, but. Yeah, and not really caring. Yeah, he's thinking he's above the law. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Murdock will take you down, Luke. <laughs> but I like the the hint of this direction we might be going in. I think it makes him a much more interesting character. Give him room to grow, I suppose. Yeah. Because I think all the other characters have def- have definite flaws. Um, I mean, Danny's is that he's a, a puppy pretending to be a human being, you know. Um, he just wants to be a human. Um, yeah. So let's talk about Misty next. Oh, yeah. Because... <laughs> <laughs> my words exactly this well this is so oh, great yeah. I love her so much so much um, I think the first time we see Misty is where we see a little shot of her when James is talking earlier but I think the first time is when she's sitting with Claire yeah. at, at rehabilitation throwing the ball and Misty says she would do it again and she doesn't want pity and then this is where Claire mentions Matt Murdock's sacrifice, and I might have gone, oh, Matt. <laughs> um, and Misty's sacrifice for Claire and Colleen. And we can see her missing arm. Yeah. So did you think we would start this season with her with an awesome robot arm? And do you think that we will get her awesome robot arm in this season, or will it be like last episode? Yeah, I uh-huh. see it coming for a while. Okay. Uh, I think it'll be somewhere during the middle of the season. Maybe we'll have Danny show up and just drop off an arm. (laughs) (laughs) Have an arm. Here you go. Oh, what if Rocket Raccoon shows up and he's like, hey, I nicked this arm off this guy called the Winter Soldier (laughs) in Wakanda. Yeah. You can have it. You know Rocket would would totally have spare arms lying around. (laughs) For sure. And Misty's like, thanks, talking raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Misty tells Claire to fo- uh, to get. Uh, Misty tells Claire to tell Luke that he needs to focus on Claire and not just on the fight. So yeah. Um, next time you see Misty is when she visits Luke, and this is when he asks her to be his partner, and she says she is done, and her and she leaves, and her voice wobbles. I know. Misty I was like, like, oh. <gasps> Oh, I love Misty so much. That when her voice wobbled, then I loved it because we don't see this character. She definitely like puts up a front, you know. And I just love that we, oh, we see like the little chink in her armor there. I love it. Yes. Um, when we see her during the night nurse scene, apparently this was very, um, very much on purpose. The line that plays while we see her sitting alone and drinking and looking at her purple heart, the line that plays in the song is, this heart is broken in two. And they said that was a very specific choice. Poor Misty. Um, So next, I don't think we see her for a while, because I think next time we see her is when she goes back to the precinct, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. She goes, uh, I'm looking, yeah. Oh no, she goes, uh, she sees Cockroach out and about. She's doing her shopping and drops her shopping in shock and uh, runs up to him and confronts him. And this is when we find out that he has been released because there were a ton of um, arrests done 
by Scarf and and her, and that have been considered illegal now because Scarf was obviously corrupt. And all those people have been released, yeah. and they can't charge him again for it because it would be double jeopardy. That's awful. Like because obviously they they count it as an illegal arrest, but you have no idea like if that's a true arrest or not. But they just get let out anyway. Yeah, well, because you can't, because you you can't keep them. Mm. That's awful. That's scary thinking that kind of thing might happen. So because of that, Misty's obviously pissed and goes to visit the precinct and we meet Captain Thomas Reidenhauer. Uh, we find out that Misty got a three-quarters pension, um, and but Misty doesn't want it. She just wants her job back. We find out that 30 cases bounce because of Scarf and Misty wants to put them all back in jail. Yeah. And that's the last time we see Misty in this episode. So we don't get much of her. But what do you guys what do you guys think of armless Misty? Now that that arm has finally come off that I've wanted to come off for <laughs> seasons and seasons. Are you happy? I'm I'm happy. I'm sad that Misty's sad, but I'm happy the arm is off <laughs> because now Misty needs to start wearing like giant gold hoop earrings and red and just being a being even more a badass, and I'll be happy and hanging out with Colleen. Yeah. Yeah. The whole world rejoiced when that arm came off. <laughs> just like, yes. Oh, so I was so happy. <laughs> I was wishing that arm to fall off since episode one of Luke Cage. Yeah, it's true. It was like just, just, Every just get rid of the arm. <laughs> you were wishing it upon yes. her. I I bored you guys a lot with my wishes for her arm to. And, and then and when they faked us out during the one episode, you were not happy about it. <laughs> Those bastards, how dare they, like, pretend she's, like, going to lose her arm and then, like, oh, no, her arm's okay. <laughs> it's a sly little tease. Really, really hurt me deep. Exactly, how dare they. Oh, so, I like one arm about... Misty. I can't wait for her to get her and her robotic arm, which I'm sure has happened. Maybe the awesome robot arm. Maybe uh, Nick Fury will come back and, you know, say, hey, <laughs> I had an extra one <laughs> So I had an extra one just lying around. So here's a question. Do you guys think that they will, and I think I probably know your answer, do you think the guy, this uh, season will touch at all upon the events of Avengers Infinity War? I don't think so. No. Wish, do you want some spoilers? It won't. <laughs> I mean, I, I... They're basically ignoring it. Yeah, I can't imagine why they would, because with you're watching Netflix shows, which the people can watch at any point in time. So they're so mm-hmm. not tied to the timeline at all, it would make absolutely no sense for them to try and tie them in. The only thing I'm hoping for is, like, at least one throwaway line about Wakanda. And, like, maybe Luke being a little mm-hmm. pissed off that he's, like, <laughs> the guy taking care of Harlem. And there's this whole country, like, this whole place in Africa that has been not helping at all. Yeah. I guess they could have a throwaway line, but I don't think we'll see, like, half the population disappear. Because no. they do talk about the incident every once in a while, but mm-hmm. maybe a throwaway line. I was really hoping there would be a throwaway mention of Wakanda in this season. Um, spoilers, so ah! there, there isn't. There isn't. Yeah. But it's because I think taking into account of when this might take place, because I think maybe this takes place a few months earlier than it, it, we're seeing it, then Wakanda would have only just become public 
So maybe in season three we would be more likely to get something like that. Yeah. That's that's how I kind of thought about it anyway. Um, but we shall see. So let's talk about Mariah and Shades and this whole very complicated plan that they have going on that I still don't entirely understand. So the first time we see Shades, he appears outside a court and immediately we get sneaky music, which I love. It's like, (laughs) I was like, okay, Shades is sneaking around as always, as he does. Um, and Shades meets up with his old friend Comanche. Yeah. And Comanche is part of his crew from back in the day. It was Shades, Comanche, and Romeo. And I thought that in the flashback episode in season one where we see Luke in prison, because we see Shades in prison as well, I thought Comanche was in that episode, but you didn't think he was, Rowan. Is that right? No, I was wrong. I think he is. Oh, he is, isn't it? So. I wonder if it's the same actor then. I want to go back and check. Um... Yeah, because I feel like he, he was in it. Um, but so Shades has met up with Comanche and then we cut forward to Ginny's Supper Club and Mariah and Shades are sitting there being all lovey-dovey and meeting with a uh, a guy with an awesome moustache about this deal with Atreus Plastics, which is currently owned by Mark Higgins. So this guy, his name is Piranha. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you because otherwise I won't be able to talk about this guy. I'll have to say Piranha. His name is Piranha. He has an awesome John Waters moustache and I love it. It's great. (laughs) So Piranha tells Mariah and Shades about some new tech that uh, Atreus Plastics is developing, which is classes inside info. So basically says if they invest 20 million, it will be worth even more in the future. And they can blackmail Mark Higgins to sell Atreus Plastics. And then any money they make from Atreus Plastics will be legitimate money. Is that right? Does that sound like the plan? Yeah. Yes. yes. That's what I got from this. So they have to do a bit of illegal stuff in order to make legitimate money and go legitimate. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm glad I got it. I was like, is that... Is that like, I do not understand how business stuff like this works. Um... And this is when the waiter appears and assumes that Mariah is Shades' aunt. (laughs) He doesn't like that. Shades is not pleased. (laughs) Were you guys happy to see Shades and Mariah again? Oh, go on, Will. Also, Mariah is, like, hypersexual in this episode. Like, was she all... I don't remember her always being like that. Well, well, she's got got her little toy Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think she's got her little toy. Her toy shades. Yeah, it's... uh, I mean, she doesn't care, but Shades is pretty annoyed at that. And I don't know if it's because he's annoyed at it being an insult to Mariah or to him. Like, I'm I'm not sure. I will say I find Shades... Shading? Shades roll... I find Shades shades shady. He's a shady shader. (laughs) Um, I find him very hard to read a lot of the time as a character. Yeah. And I think he's meant to be like that, but I think the way the actor plays him as well is... I don't always know what's going on in his his head. Um, So Piranha and Comanche both don't look very impressed when Shades and Mariah start making up. (laughs) Would you? I I, I feel awkward. (laughs) Be like, oh. And after the meal, uh, Shades and Comanche go and beat, beat the waiter up and presumably kill him. 
It looks like they're killing him. It's pretty brutal. Yeah, don't show much mercy. Or while, or while Night Nurse plays. <laughs> it's a nice chilled out song and they're just beating him up. Um, it worked well. It did. I, I, I really love the little montage for Night Nurse. I think it was great. So, and also, Tammy, next time we go to New York, we have to go to the real Ginny's Supper Club because it looks really nice in oh, there. Oh, it's a real, real place? It's not like a hard nice so. situation. I don't know. I don't think they would have built a set just for this one scene. Uh, I mean, yeah, I wish true. we could go to Harlem's Paradise. Still want to go. Because <laughs> Harlem's Paradise is gorgeous. Uh, so Mariah um, is then interviewing new hostess Stephanie, or Billy as she will be known, and telling her to be more than just a hostess. So And crazy. we see the Mama Mabel photo again. Yeah, I mean, she's... She's just basically like, own it, you know, you can be more than this and use your wiles and you can take over the city. Yeah, I'm just like, does she tell this to all the new hostesses? <laughs> <laughs> she tells it to all the male hostess <laughs> hosts as well. Use your feminine wiles and they're like, what? With sad eyes. Oh. Maybe she names them all Billy. <laughs> She's like, you will be known as Billy because you've got sad eyes. And it's like, but, but, but... My name's Jackson. No, you are Billy now. <laughs> so weird. You'll all be known as Billy. Yeah, everyone <laughs> is so Billy. Weird. Yeah, it's so weird. Um, so then when we see uh, Mariah, we're back in Harlem's Paradise, and this is when Joy is performing. I drew three hearts because I love Joy so much. Her outfit is amazing. I love the first song they sing, this more upbeat one. Yeah. So good. I, I just, I, I love it. Um, and Mariah is watching and sees Mark Higgins, the owner of um, uh, the plastics company, flirting with Billy and says, gotcha. <laughs> and then Mariah and Shades discuss their plan. So let's go through this because we need to know these people for oh, future geez. episodes. So the buyers, I, I, I almost had to make a chart, Tammy, like you did for yeah. X-Files. Because there are so many characters in this. That I was like, who, who, what, what? So we have Arturo Ray III, who smuggles drugs in coaches, like we see later. And when they're talking about him, they, they mention Domingo Colon, who was um, that guy in season one of Luke Cage, who we love, Domingo. Yeah. Tiny little Domingo, yeah. who was awesome. Uh, we have Neil. chocolate bars or whatever. <laughs> yes, his candy that he put on the floor and annoyed uh, Cottonmouth. Um, we have Neil and the Yardies. And they deal guns out of Queens. Nigel. Um, Nigel, yeah. What did I say? Neil. Oh, no, Nigel, sorry. Uh, I'm looking at my notes. Uh, we have Cockroach, um, and he was let go due to a tainted scarf conviction, and currently he runs a casino. And then Shade says these are the three best buyers, but why sell the business? Why not sell the painting instead? The Bas- Basquite, I think you say it, which is Jean-Michel Basquite, Basquiat. who is a New York artist. Is it? I, I, Rowan, you all learn that I do not know words. So I'm just going to edit you in saying it. So his name is? Jean-Michel Basquiat. Thank you. That's great. You, you, are, you are the painter, Rowan. You know about painters. I love his work. He's one of my favorites. Yeah? So I'm ha- really happy to see one of his paintings hanging in. Art. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I think it kind of like strikes it a nice is... tone for the whole like kind of episode in a way, really. Would you rather own... That painting or the giant photo of Biggie that uh, Cottonmouth had? Definitely that painting. Yeah? yeah? Wouldn't even think about Tammy? it. Tammy? I think uh, I'd go with the painting as well. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Will? It'd be um, a fun choice. 
Which Basquiat was it? Well, I'll probably go with the. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard. I like the Biggie painting. Right? Yeah. <laughs> this is when we see Cockroach talking to um, Comanche about Joy um, and admiring her. And then they talk a little bit about Shade's rise to power after hooking up with Mariah. And then, meanwhile, Mariah is taking bids from Arturo, Nigel and Cockroach. And Cockroach says that he just wants a controlling interest in the business. He doesn't even want the whole thing. He wants to keep Harlem Southern black, which Mariah seems to agree with, we know from season one. So when um, uh, Luke enters Harlem's paradise, obviously he goes and sees uh, Mariah, and that's when she threatens Claire. Um, The next time we see Mariah is when she's sitting drinking and listening to Nina Simone, which I was like, good choice, Mariah. And Shades comes home, and Mariah says she's drinking to Mama Mabel's birthday. Uh, Shade says that he agrees with Cockroach to not sell to Arturo. Um, and Mariah says she just wants to clear the family's name and to give her nan a chance instead of just being Shades. And Shade says that he gave Arturo a present sweet in the deal, which obviously must be the Judas bullets and guns. What do you guys think of this relationship now between <laughs> these two? Because I remember in season one, we were like, at the end, we were like, oh yeah, they're quite hot together. That's cool. It's just kind of weird. It's just like. Mm. I mean, I still like she. She's definitely still in charge, but he's so shady. Like, <laughs> he's shady shades. So shady. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what his motives are at any point. Yeah, which is kind of it's kind of cool for a character, but I'm. I remember I was just a bit like, oh, what, what is, what is he after though? I don't understand. Keeps it exciting. You don't know what he's going to do. Hmm, that's true. Maybe he. Uh, is. Well, was that guy's really kind of. Um, maybe she gives him like stature. She gives shade stature. Yeah. Oh, Isn't yeah. that what kind of a guy said who was about to meet with shades? Oh, definitely. It's like um, he talks about like old pussy or something, <laughs> yeah. doesn't he? Like I was like, how can I put it nicely? Yeah, but like it's really bold. Talks about it, yeah. like his rise to power. Yeah. Um. So the la- the last time we see Mariah. And or shades, I think, is when Luke goes in the office and um, threatens her and says that nothing can uh, stop him from getting to her. Any other notes on Mariah, guys? No, I don't think so. I wrote in my notes, I've missed this crazy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. She's so great. Yeah. I like when I think she's so great in the role. Uh, I like when she said Wagwan, and she's the word. Yeah, oh, wow. <laughs> Nigel Wagwan. <laughs> I love it. I I love like, and we'll get to this with our next character. I really love the Jamaican accent. <laughs> I've heard of. I think it's so like complacent. Melodious. They were too exaggerated, but I don't know. <clears throat> but I think they're talking kind of a slang as well. You know, like you would like if it was like if it was like London gangsters, they'd probably talking like full on. Cockney slang, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's almost heightened, so I feel like that's part of it. Um, I'll mention something as we, we get to Bushmaster, and I said this to Rowan. Um, they had, because I had the subtitles on, as I always do when I watch these episodes, <clears throat> and they had um, subtitles, obviously, for when uh, they were talking, but because they said something slightly different in the subtitles to what the actual characters were saying, I wondered if they subtitled them just so people could understand 
what they were saying, but Rowan, you said there weren't any subtitles when they were talking. No. Because, <laughs> like, they make it slightly different. So there's one point, for instance, where someone says about children, and then but whenever they mention children in the Jamaican dialect, they say, my pygmy. And it's just kind of kind of interesting the way they they um, do the subtitles. So you're like, you know, it might be like Wagwan, and then in the subtitles it will say, "Hello, what is going on?" <laughs> and it's just, it was just kind of funny the way they they kind of explained it. Um, it definitely helped because sometimes I couldn't really hear what they were saying. Um, so let's get to our new villain, Bushmaster. Yeah. Um, first time we see him, he's on his boat with his his little mate, whose name I shall not say for now. And they are looking at Brooklyn, and they're talking about Harlem. And uh, then they say, "But first, they have to take Brooklyn." And he says one of your favourite lines, Rowan, that me and you have been saying <laughs> all Saturday, which is Harlem, it be birthright. <laughs> There's going to be terrible, terrible Jamaican accents, I can feel, in this season. Uh, I apologise <laughs> to everyone. I mean, no offence. Um, we mean no offence, no. But he's like, it, it me birthright. Yeah. Harlem. I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I didn't think their accents were too over the top, though. Did you, Did you, Will? I don't know. It was really hard to um, make out what they were saying at some point, um, but... I don't know how they compare to like a. I don't know. Are these actors really Caribbean or Jamaican? I don't. I have trivia on that in Easter eggs. Okay, so I'll say, I don't know how they would compare to. But he he is not. No, he's he's not uh, Caribbean. Yeah. So I, yeah, I don't know. I haven't. I've never been to the Caribbean. So my mum and dad have been out there quite a lot. So when they eventually watch this series, I'm going to have to ask them. If any of our listeners know, like, let us know, because to me it didn't sound like that over the top. I would imagine for someone sort of born and born and bred in Jamaica and very proud of that heritage. Yeah. I I would imagine that they would speak in that in that kind of heightened dialect, I guess, as well, and with all the the slang and everything. Um, Tammy has vanished. She's gone. She's gone to hunt uh, Mike Coulter. I thought she'd gone to hunt Mike Coulter on the <laughs> Hunt Mike Coulter app. No, just went away for a sec. I'm back already. <laughs> did you Did you find Mike Coulter? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so the next time we see our new villain, um, and I want to say something actually before we get to that, is that, Rowan, you got his name wrong for a while, and I want to say... I was quite amused by what you were calling him because I think I'd mentioned who the new villain was going to be to you a while ago and when we were talking about it again what did you call him? You were like, oh yeah, the new villain what was it? Fishhead? Fishhead. Yeah, my mind somehow distorted it into Fishhead And then it went from Fishhead to Fishmonger (laughs) instead of Bushmaster So I just kept thinking Fishmonger like the villain and just imagining what kind of a a villain someone called Fishmonger would be (laughs) I'd, I'd like, like to see he's, like, <laughs> he's like, I, I, I fight people by throwing fish at them. <laughs> for some reason... Take this. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Uh, for some reason, Cottonmouth keeps popping into my mind, but that was season one. And for some reason, also, um, Mushmouth keeps coming into my mind, but that's Charlie <laughs> Brown. So I don't know. 
Mushmouth. Um, so you got Fishmonger and Mushmouth. What's his name again? Bushmouth. Bushwhacker. <laughs> <laughs> Bushwhacker. No, his name's Bush Bushmaster. Yeah, Bushmaster. Yeah, because I keep thinking Bushwhacker as well. <laughs> I just want to call him Mushmouth now. <laughs> Uh, so the next time we see him is, uh, I think it's just like the scene towards the end, isn't it? Where he's, where Nigel arrives home and he finds Bushmaster and his friend there. And Bushmaster is very angry that Nigel did business with a Stokes. Um, and we, uh, Nigel also calls Bushmaster Johnny. So yeah. we get that his name's maybe Johnny or John. Uh, and this is when Bushmaster... <laughs> I've put him in my notes as BW, I've just realised, which is Bushwhacker. <laughs> uh, I keep thinking his name's Bushwhacker. Uh, Bushmaster says uh, his, her name is Mariah Dillard, not Mariah, Sto- no. uh, Mariah Stokes, not Mariah Dillard. And that Harlem is his. It's my birthright. <laughs> <laughs> and then he... Sorry. They're going to get... I was, we were saying, Tammy, there's going to be terrible Jamaican accents this season, I know. I thought it's fun. There's a lot of good. I love the Yardies so much. Oh, it's great. Oh, I do as well. I mean, I just like last season when we learned about a a gang called the Yardies. I was just like, (laughs) how adorable is that name? (laughs) I like to imagine as well that they're linked with the um, the Jamaican gang from um, uh, Punisher Warzone, the ones that do uh, parkour, and then uh, Frank Castle blows one up with a rocket launcher. Which, to remind listeners, if you didn't know, my favourite scene from any comic book movie ever is that scene from Punisher Warzone. Just Jamaican parkour people being blown up by a rocket launcher by Frank Carson. It's great. So was was he part of the Yardies beforehand? Because it seemed like that's when he, maybe when he was Johnny versus Bushmaster. uh, I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you, Tammy. Okay, well... And the way I... (laughs) <laughs> the way I would kill you is I would grab you and I would slice out your eyes with a knife. Oh, my God. I couldn't watch that part. Oh, my God. That was wow. that. I, I screamed as well because it's eye trauma. And I was like, wow, it's just like the way yeah. he sliced him across his face. Oh, it was so horrible. Yeah. He did have some um, pretty sweet oh, fighting moves, but yeah, that one was terrible. He really did. Like, yeah. He's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's the, a good fighter. Yeah, the fighting choreography for him is really cool because it's like different than what we've seen he's so fast as well it's so different to luke like luke's a a tank you know whereas this guy just seems to be fast yeah i love it um also i don't i don't think it's the actor's natural eyes but he has really pretty eyes in this because he's kind of got slightly blue contact lenses uh did you guys notice that i don't think there is his natural eyes because we do later in the season see a, a, a younger version of him and the they have the same eyes, like these slightly blue eyes, but I thought his eyes were really pretty. Mm. Yeah, while he's while he's killing people. <laughs> well, he's, but you have such it, pretty he eyes. He gets pretty eyes by taking other people's eyes. <laughs> oh, maybe that's his power. <laughs> he cuts their eyes out and then he's like... <laughs> eats them and gains their power. It did look a little weird when he, like, opened his shirt and you could see all the bullets in there. I guess that was some kind of prosthetic. They didn't. It just looked a little weird. Yeah, so, like, they didn't bounce off him, but they didn't, like, go into him. So is he just, like, like super dense? <laughs> <laughs> like, the bullets can't... Man. 
<laughs> That's his power. <laughs> I am the bush putty. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so what do you, what do you think's going on with this guy? Rowan, don't say anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just assume he's got similar powers to Luke, but he just happened to but actually learn how to up. fight versus Luke, who just is a brute about it. Yeah. See another child, another brother. <laughs> Every season he has to find <laughs> another brother he didn't know about. Um, yeah, that's why his dad's there because he's like, uh, I forgot to tell you about your other secret brother. Well, it's gonna be interesting because it's not like he's there to take Luke down, but he he's going to have to to gain control of Harlem. So yeah, he just wants Harlem. Like I don't even think he knew about Luke coming into it. Like he just doesn't care. Mm. He seems to know Mariah and them somehow, so I guess he has some connection to them. Yeah. Well, that's why I was wondering if maybe he had potentially been part of the Yardies before. Yeah. Mm. Which, obviously, you're not allowed to tell me because you'll kill me. So, there. I will will kill you. I will kill you, Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yep, so that's the last time we see him. Um, when he opens his shirt, we see that bullets cannot kill him. And that is our new villain, Bushmaster. Slash whacker, slash putty man. So, any any other notes on him, guys? No. no. Well, now it's then time for Easter eggs. Guys, we have so many Easter eggs. It's like Easter has come around again. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you are hungry for many, many Easter eggs. Are you ready, guys? Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, all right. So, Easter egg number one. Apparently, Chia Hadari Koka, and this is an Easter egg sort of for the season, um, in this season, he wanted to include several Easter eggs that didn't make it um, that related to the TV show Lost, including a character going to a Dharma retreat and the uh, the numbers from Lost that are the, the numbers that Hurley... Uh, kept seeing i don't know why though like unless he's a fan of lost but that was going to be an easter egg but it didn't end up in it so there you go easter eggs potential easter egg spoilers as well (laughs) okay (laughs) uh so the um uh mariah obviously quotes the graduate uh movie at one point which was really cool the um, the yellow Luke Cage T-shirt that DW is pushing is a nod to the Luke Cage comic costume that we've seen before because of the yellow colour. And there's another T-shirt that has Luke's name on it that the font is similar to the old Run DMC logo, yes. which is yeah, pretty yeah. cool if you saw that. So Atreus Plastics um, also got a mention on Daredevil, although I can't remember where. I think maybe it was season two. Um, and in the comics, they're known as uh, dealing with, uh, with explosives a lot. Um, Hammer Industries also got a mention, which is Justin Hammer's company, which appeared in Iron Man 2. Justin Hammer was played by Sam Rockwell. Um, Luke, he, at one point, is reading Tanahisi Coates. I think that's how you say it, Tanahisi Coates. Uh, between the World and Me. Um, ah, was that the book? Yeah, Between the World and Nice. Have you read it? No. But I just noticed that. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know what the book's about or anything. I, I literally didn't even notice the author. I just found, like, the little Easter egg for it. But um, a cool little detail is 
that um, Coates has been writing the Black Panther comics for a couple of years now and is about to take over writing credit on the Captain America comics. Mm. So that's quite cool. Um, Bushmaster first appeared in Iron Fist number 15. So he's actually started off as an Iron Fist uh, villain. Uh, In the comics, he wore yellow and white. And I did a little bit of research on the character, um, only a very quick bit, though. And there has been a few different um, characters that have had the name of uh, Bushmaster. And they all seem to include bionic arms, like as in both bionic arms. And I think one had a bionic body of a snake. Oh. So he was like a giant snake man. (laughs) So potential spoilers for what might happen in this season? Okay. In episode 12? <laughs> <laughs> Giant snake man? <laughs> we know that Luke likes his snake-themed villains, yeah. you know. Uh, okay, so the actor who plays Bushmaster was actually born and raised in Harlem, which is pretty cool. So he, I saw an interview with him where he talks about growing up in Harlem and how he sees how Harlem's changed and how he sees sort of the Harlem of his youth portrayed in uh, Luke Cage. So that's pretty cool. So he is not not Caribbean. Um, Glenn Industries gets a mention. Uh, This was from Daredevil and was a company run by Maxwell Glenn and then his daughter, Heather Glenn, which if you uh, have ever seen the Daredevil movie, back to that, the uh, director's cut, at one point, Matt Murdock gets a voicemail message from his girlfriend, Heather, and that is Heather Glenn. So Daredevil dated Heather Glenn, whose father ran Glenn Industries, which gets a mention in this episode. Um, Claire and Luke danced to Gregory Isaac's Night Nurse. And when um, before we knew who uh, Rosario Dawson would be playing in Daredevil, lots of people assumed she would be the Night Nurse. And that's kind of the role she's doing. Uh, one last thing about Don Trell Cockroach Hamilton he first appeared in Power Man number 28, but was more of a crime boss and in the comics. And he had a tendency to carry around a six-barrel shotgun. So keep a lookout for a six-barrel shotgun. Um, here's also a little fun fact. So the guy who plays Cockroach... So imagine the scene when where Misty um, meets Cockroach and they have a little argument. Yeah. That is actually Mr. Misty Knight in real life. That is Dorian Missick. Simone Missick's husband. They are husband and wife. Oh. No way. Yeah, so Cockroach and Misty are married. Weird. Aw. Yeah, it's kind of cool. So after I knew, I knew that after I saw the episode the first time, and then when I watched it this time, I was watching that and like, like, oh, married couple. I wonder if that's what their arguments are like (laughs) in real life. (laughs) So how are those Easter eggs, guys? Are you nice and full? Mm, Yummy. Um, just yum, so yum, you yum. know, I looked up pictures of uh, Mustafa Shakir, who's playing Bushmaster. Mm-hmm. I think those are his his eyes. Wow, really? Yeah. I haven't seen any proper pictures of him. They're so pretty. Yeah. He has such pretty eyes. Yeah. He's a, he's a That's very cool. So they man. must have given contact lenses to the kid that played little yeah, Bushmaster yeah, then. Probably. Yeah. But yeah, he has really pretty eyes. He is a very handsome dude. Uh, right, so now it's time to get to our favourite quotes of this episode. Um, Tamalama Ding Dong, you can go oh, first. okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, look, I think Shades, <laughs> when he was talking to 
<laughs> to Nigel, he goes, my bad, rude boy. Pardon me. <laughs> like, he's an asshole. <laughs> he's such an asshole. I love him. I have one which is the tourist who goes into Pops and they throw him out and then he goes, where's the love, fam? <laughs> I love that. Uh, Rowan, do you have any favourite quotes? I know your favourite quote. Yeah, I like The sugar one. Yeah, I like it when um, Luke's called sugar and it's like, make it sweet sugar or I'll be bitter. Yeah. That was a Yeah. <laughs> and it just, it really does speak to what Claire says of how corny he is. He's <laughs> so corny. Straight out of a comic. I think I said to you, didn't I, Rowan, if the other stores, like, rang up, Asking for some stuff from us on Saturday, you should have said that to them. You'd be like, make it, make it sweet, or I'll be better. They'll be like, what? I definitely need to try and throw that line in somewhere in my life. <laughs> Into everyday slang. Yeah. <laughs> Will, do you have any quotes? Um, uh, what's the guy's name that works at Pops? I can't remember his name now. Oh, um, DW or Bobby? Bobby, yeah. He says, just because you're a woke superhero don't mean you gotta be a broke superhero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I loved it. Uh, I think I have some more. Tammy Jam. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I like <laughs> when that, that kid, he's talking about the um, Harlem app, and he's trying to explain it to Luke, Luke and he's like, it's like Waze for you. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what I need. Looks like yeah, exactly. I have one um, which is a conversation between Cockroach and Comanche, which is, "What was you reading at Seagate?" Machiavelli. Tupac wrote a book. <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh. <laughs> oh, and I have a couple of Mariah ones. Um, she says sexpionage, which I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And she tells Luke, you gonna arrest me? You gonna slap me around? And I was like, whoa. <laughs> Mariah. Yeah, Luke's like, you'd like that. She's like, uh-huh. Yeah. And um, I like when she's drinking for uh, Mama Mabel, and she says, that's what family is for. It's the hate that makes it special. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I have one between Claire and Luke, which when uh, Luke wakes up and Claire's huddled up in his hoodie... He says, you're in my cape. And she says, whatever, power yeah. man. <laughs> I like that he calls it his cape. I think the only other one I had was was Mariah when she said, Nigel, Wagwan. Because <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, any other quotes, guys? Uh, I just have one Luke one. The free coffee's mm-hmm. kind of cool, though. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Coffee means something else in Luke Cage. Yeah. Well, even Bobby looks at him and he's like, no. Yeah, because <laughs> like, yeah, then Luke's like, no, Claire's coffee's amazing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, her, her home brew is good or whatever. <laughs> Not a quote, but I remember oh, noticing okay. a lot of Nike logos when Luke was taking selfies. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, that's interesting, isn't it, Rod? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what that might mean hmm hmm that's all I'll say hmm I didn't actually notice those but that's kind of interesting uh now it is time to rate this episode so Rowan you are our guest 
you can rate it first if you like. Um, we rate out of ten, and you can rate it something silly if you want. Um, I, I don't know. I, uh, seven, so seven, something. Seven, sweet. You enjoyed it. Yeah, I liked it. It's a good way to start. Did you? Up. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Did you enjoy this season? Obviously, without spoilers, more or less than season one. Do you think? Um, I think I did. Like. And then, yeah, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil it. But yeah, I I did enjoy this one a bit more. I feel like it. Um, nice. I don't know. Characters were just a bit more interesting. They developed a bit. And I was a bit surprised with some Ooh. things as well. So that was quite good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, seven out of ten. I'm putting it in the average calculator, which I have open for once this time. You should have to open it while we record. <laughs> Uh, Tammy, what do you give this episode? Um, I really liked it as a. I thought it was a pretty solid start to the season. Um, the fact that we got it, got Bushmaster right away was well, it leads me to believe that he's not really going to be the big bad. <laughs> Actually, just because of how the <laughs> last couple of shows have gone, but um, I hope he is. I, I really like him as a character. Uh, so, but I'm going to give it eight and a half out of ten. Very petty Luke's. <laughs> um, Will Yeah I liked this episode I had a lot of fun with it I liked the music The way the music sounded <laughs> Coming through the speakers um, I liked Well I liked seeing the characters again I didn't like you know, some of Mariah's behavior Not that I'm a prude or anything But she was just too much <laughs> Uh, I think the villain's going to be interesting, even if I can't understand what he's saying. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'll give it... You put the subtitles on, Will. I had them on, but I still didn't follow it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll give it 8 out of 10 Wagwans. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, and I really liked this episode as well. Um, I definitely don't think it's my favourite of this season. Weirdly, as I've said before in these shows, it's not often that there is an episode where I'm like, yes, that one, that's my favourite. Um, I haven't had that since, I think, Daredevil season one. I actually have it for this season. There is one episode which is definitely my favourite, and this is not it. So I have to obviously bear that in mind. Um, but I thought it was a really strong opener. I didn't realise how much I'd missed a lot of these characters, um, like Bobby and Mariah. Um, I really like um, uh, Bushmaster from what we see of him in this episode. Um, yeah, so I think a strong opener. So I'm going to give it a 8 out of 10 uh, putty men. Putty powers. <laughs> putty <There you> powers. <laughs> <laughs> so that gives this one an average of 7.8 out of 10. Nice. Which is a good school, yep. a good starter. I thought it was a strong starter for this season. Yeah, for sure. So this is where we would read our feedback, but we don't have any feedback this week, guys. Guys, listeners, no. what one? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe everyone hasn't got round to watching it yet, and they've been too excited about England playing... Who did we play today, Rowan? Panama? I, I didn't know England were playing today. Apparently England played. I was wondering earlier why there was cheering coming from a house, like, 
like nearby and then I thought there was a party and then I remembered oh England to play uh, so maybe everyone's too excited about that and they haven't sent in their feedback <laughs> but you should send in your feedback because Luke Cage is more important than the World Cup yes word uh, yeah so we have no feedback for this week uh, so instead let's get to what's going to happen next week so next week we're going to go back to uh, covering two episodes it will be episode 202 straighten it out Luke tests out his abilities on the ball field, Misty ruffles feathers at the precinct, and Mariah plans a reunion to boost her image. And then 203 is wig out. Uh, I like that we get straighten it out and then wig out. Uh, wig out, uh, quick description is worried Luke is, head- worried Luke is heading down a dark path. Claire pay- pays a visit to his father. Bushmaster makes a bid for Mariah's guns. So any predictions, guys? We're going to have wigs and then straightened hair at some point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Lucas. Bushmaster's going to go after Mariah's muscly arms. Like <laughs> uh, her arms, okay. <laughs> um, Miss, uh, Misty's going to you know, rough up a parrot at the precinct or something. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to get a robot arm and then use the robot arm to ruffle a parrot's Fair enough. I, I could I could see that happening. That's cool. Uh, well, yeah, that's going to be next week. Um, Rowan, thank you so much for being our first guest for Luke Cage and doing your first ever podcast. Uh, thank you for having me. You are very good. I hope it was a treat. Uh, it was. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a new experience. Oh, you have to come back when we do, um, I guess, whatever's next, Iron Fist. Oh, yeah, that'll be fun to do. I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> you don't sound sure. <laughs> You're like, um, is there anything you want to promote online, Rowan? No, not really. Um, like, is there anywhere your music like stuff can be found? Because I know you do music and everything. Um, no, not at the mo- I'm a bit off the radar at the moment, but maybe one day. Cool. <laughs> Rowan does very cool music, everyone. Check it out in the future when it's online. If you can find it. I will I will keep listeners up to date. Oh, uh, thank you. We'll make it like a little game, see if you can find it. <laughs> see if you can find Robin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Tammy and Will, have you got anything to promote that you've been up to lately? Will, I know you have. Uh, yes, the final episode of Sensate aired, so we published <sighs> our episode on the Sensate podcast for the final episode. And it was really good, I thought, but, you know. Yeah. I I cried yeah. during the episode. Not not during your podcast, Will. I haven't listened to that, <laughs> I cried during the final episode. <laughs> yeah. And then there's also Spartacast, which I will be recording in, like, 11 minutes. So <laughs> nice. that's still going. Uh, Tammy, you've been recording stuff as well? Yeah, I, I just recorded Calabici Fashion Cast with Claire and with our friend Brad. And we discussed a Bermuda Triangle episode of Quantum Leap. That's a very strange episode. Yeah. Uh, mm. um, but hey, we yeah. talked about it, so there you go. <laughs> and we talked, more importantly, we discussed the fashion. We did, even though there were only six characters in the entire episode. <laughs> yeah, there was a distinct lack of fashions this yeah. week. Hopefully next week will be fine. I think it will be. I think it will be. Looks a bit more wacky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rowan, do you want to take us out with an Excelsior? I'm going to throw you under the bus now for your first podcast. Excelsior. 
<laughs> Yay! <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> Round of applause. Oh, thank you. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at defenderspod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 unported international license that means you can share it you can send it to your friends you just can't make any money off of it you can't change it and you have to link back to us and our site excelsior